you're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. I'm wearing this thing, Ryan. It's like a you know a scarf thing for like you just pull it up. They're a lot easier than masks. So oh, can, that's what it is. But I kind of feel like it adds a little style to me. It's um. Is it uh, my European? Is it a statement or is it people are going to be like, dude, what are you doing? Well, I mean, it also should I take it off? No, it looks great. Are you lying? Uh huh. Yep, I'm gonna take it off. Oh shoot! I got my headphones off. I'm all yeah. I trust Ryan's opinion. If Ryan says take it off, well, it was making your. It was like sort of like making your neck look longer or strained. Giraffe like. Giraffe like. By the way, uh, did you get my text a few minutes ago? I did. What was the text? You said you were constipated. Yes. <laughs> I just wanted to fill you in because I, you know, I know you're set up down here. Oh, well, I was ready to go, and it was. Some people are turned off right now, but that's. Uh, you well, know, I, mean, I appreciate happen. the update. Really. Uh. It's been a crazy week, man. The world is still crazy. But uh, I read a lot of good news, you know, the vaccine and stuff like that. It's promising. Uh, it looks like maybe there's a light at the end of the tunnel and these test kits and all that stuff. So, that you know, that's hopefully uh, 2020 we could put behind us soon enough, mm-hmm. but uh, not soon enough. No. It has not been a great year for anyone. You know, this week we have a great episode from the show Psych, if you haven't seen it. But these two guys are so dynamic. They're... Uh, they might as well be a couple. In yeah. fact, I think we talk about that. We do. But uh, James Roday, Dulé Hill, both work a lot and uh, charming. The show ran a long time. And they worked with a guy, um, an actor, a great actor, Tim Omenson. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tim Omenson, it's a follow-up for next week. They talk about him. He had a stroke. Mm-hmm. And uh, what a tragic story. But then a, um uplifting story about how he has gotten back on his feet and... Um, just a lot of love, and uh, that's next week, the Tim Omenson episode, and we have a very special guest for the intro uh, who doesn't do many interviews. Uh, I don't think I'll even mention her name, but uh, an actress that also faced a lot of adversity and um, has just, um, you know, you keep going. I think, I think what's great is when you hear these stories, you think, oh, well, I'm not that bad, or, oh, I don't have, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't have a stroke or I didn't have MS, or I don't have MS, or I don't. So you put things into perspective and you can, when you could hear other people talk about their pains and things. Don't you think that that does help? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Because most things, you know, we talk about are trivial. Some aren't, but uh, mm-hmm. a lot of things are like, oh, you know, my anxiety. It's like, okay, well, let's manage it. Let's, uh, um, so that's a big episode uh, next week. Thank you for uh, subscribing. Big shout out to the Stage It winners. If you haven't done Stage It, I'd love to see some of you guys. I mean, all the people that listen, uh, I play live music, my my. Uh, partner, uh, friend, Rob Danson, um, he and I were in a band called Left on Laurel, and then we uh, actually came up with a new band title, and I'm going to say it right now. Sunspin. 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 We, it's California. It's, uh, we met at this place called Sunset Sundays that James Gunn's brother, Sean Gunn, an actor, used to have, and we met there, and uh, Spin is kind of like, you know, records and- yeah. You know, California life. So I thought it was simple. It wasn't too pretentious or anything. It was just sunspin. Sunspin. The more you say it, the more you might like it. If you guys don't like it, I'm sure I'll hear from you. What? Why don't you go with your dog's name, Blanche? Taken. Sunset Sunday was taken. So, uh, yeah, sunspin. Sunspin. Yeah. Think about that. I'm going to marinate on it. Marinate on it, but it's 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 pretty much a done deal. Uh, but we had to stage it, and uh, people come, and they watch live music, and we play for about 45, 50 minutes. We play... Uh, we had a Halloween special. We're doing a Thanksgiving, post-Thanksgiving bash, Saturday, November 28th. 
is actually the anniversary of my grandfather passing, the one-year anniversary, but uh, we're playing two shows, 2 p.m. Pacific time and 6 p.m. Pacific time, and it's a lot of fun. I mean, anybody who's come, they, you know, we get hundreds of people come on, and, uh, you know, there's the, you can come and just watch, and then top bidders, which I'll, I'll name now, um, you know, they bid, they get Zooms after the show, and prizes, and shirts, and uh, a bunch of stuff, and it's a, just a great time. I really fell in love with music. Talk about something that, you know, I, I don't expect to become a rock star. I don't expect to make millions of dollars. Don't laugh, Ryan, you fuck. <laughs> but I don't make, expect to make millions of dollars. I just love it. It's a passion. Mm -hmm. And th there's something nice about just saying, I want to do this because I like it. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, it's taken me a while. I always figured, yeah, I have to be great at this. I, it's not that I don't want to be great at it, but it's a challenge and it's something I really, really love. And the patrons on patreon.com slash inside of you and the people coming to stage, it's they support and uh, help the, uh, you know, help, Mm -hmm. Get our album made, which we're in the um, probably got a month or two left, and we're done. Sweet. But uh, the first show, the winners were Emily Sudal, my friend Emily Sudal, and Jennifer Neal. And uh, the second show, Deb Alexa, was the first place bidder. And uh, so thank you guys, and thank you all to Patreons, patrons all over the world, and everybody who listens. If you want to be a patron, again, go to patreon.com slash inside of you. Um, you get to certain tiers, you can ask guest questions called Shit Talking with Rosenbaum, which you hear. Mm-hmm at the end of the episodes and um, inside of me where you ask me questions and I create a character talking to myself, asking your questions. Um, I was even thinking of trying to incorporate somehow how a, a patron can actually be on the, on the show or whatever. We'll figure that out later, but uh, go to patreon.com slash inside of you and the stage it. If you want to watch us and support us and make sure you follow us is uh, stage it, just go to stage it.com and type in Michael Rosenbaum and then you can follow me and see when the shows are. But uh, next Saturday, the 28th, this coming Saturday, 2 p.m. and 6 p.m. shows Pacific time. Um, and uh, yeah, I love it. I love doing it. And um, yeah, our album's coming out soon, probably January, February. And of course, the Inside of You online store. Just go to Inside of You online store. In fact, take 15% off by using the code INSIDE15. Shirts, awesome tumblers, autograph mugs, mugs, uh, shirts, uh, all that crap. Wine glasses, we got a great stuff. And um but uh, yeah, and of course, the number one thing is, Ryan, what's our handle for the, if you want to follow us? They're at Inside of You Pod on Twitter, at Inside of You Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, youtube.com slash Inside of You. When you subscribe and write a review, it really helps. And those that have been listening for a long time, you know that because you hear me say it. But um, you probably need to say it every time, right? Mm -hmm. Also, thank you. I just thought I'd give a shout out. Uh, I don't know if any of you know, but I played Lex Luthor on the show Smallville for many years what yeah but uh huh. you know entertainment weekly i was sent this today said editor's choice and it said please join me as i watch wbcw's groundbreaking superman origin drama which features michael rosenbaum giving the best lex luther performance ever that was from the editor of entertainment weekly and i thought i'd share that because it's cool and it makes me smile. It's nice to, you know, when someone, I just like to say, hey, thanks. That's freaking cool. It's nice when somebody that's a, it's a big, they have 6 million things. And I retweeted them. I was like, thanks. Uh, now talk to Warner Brothers about it. You <laughs> bastards. You are appreciated. Well, you know, it's nice because, you know, you work hard and then you're like, uh, you know, mm -hmm. it's just nice to hear. It, it does fill the ego. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing with going, hey, look at that. Entertainment Weekly, Deadline, Screen Rant. Many people think, uh, you know. I'm okay. <laughs> I need it sometimes. I need the fuel. 
It's like going to the gas station and you have a little car that's okay. And you're like, you know, I'm giving the good gas this time. I don't need it, but I do. Maybe my car will run better. It won't. It will run the same. Probably worse. <laughs> Terrible analogy. Uh, stay tuned after the show. I'll probably read a uh, fan letter. And um, of course, reading all the patron names. If you're a Jonah patron, I usually send you a message. I'll text you one. I always do, actually. And then um, I read patron top tier patron names at the uh, end of the uh, episode. But this is a great episode. I love these guys. I had them on a long time ago, but it was just audio. It wasn't video. And... Uh, they're a lot of fun. I mean, you're going to have fun this episode. You can see how they go. They hand it hand. They just. They're a lot of fun. It's just. Was it fun editing? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah I figured you'd have a good time doing that. And you'll have a good time listening, guys. Um, just a shout out to the, the charities I love. The Ronald McDonald House of Los Angeles. The uh, foodonfoot.org. Um, echoesofhope.org. Um, any of those, if you're in the giving spirit, you know, there's that. Thank you for listening and subscribing to the show and supporting us. Uh, we really appreciate it. I mean, we do. New posters, Return of the Living Dead, Friday the 13th. I just watched all the Friday the 13th with my horror Zoom guys. Not great movies, but a lot of fun. <laughs> the first one was good. Second one and maybe one other was decent. But uh, And actually the one Jared Padalecki, this is kind of neat. So I had Jared Padalecki and Danielle Panabaker, mm-hmm. uh, actor, act- actors, they they left messages and and said all the all my friends names and said hey nerd guys i told them what to say and uh they kind of said hello to all the horror guys that i watched the zoom with because we just watched that was the last one we watched so now we're on the nightmare on elm street mm-hmm. and we're watching all of them so we're on one and uh and i got the boys uh a little keychain a little friday the 13th mask keychain as kind of like you made it you survived friday the 13th <laughs> all of them and if you see my posts i would say friday the 13th part 9 is not a very good movie and people are like, what? Or, yeah, you think, dude, it's part nine. <laughs> so it's fun because they think, I don't know if they, they half of them think I'm serious or half, you know, whatever. Um, don't forget next week, Tim Omenson, big episode from Psych. He talks about surviving his stroke and how he deals with that. You're going to love that episode. And this episode is fantastic. So why don't we just hop into it? Let's get inside Dulé Hill and James Roday Rodriguez. It's my point of view. Listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. Do you guys like when, like James when when Dulé pops on the screen? Your first feeling is it immediately a smile or this guy or in your head you're like ugh, I'm so fucking tired of it. It's usually just a reminder that I need to shit. I mean, it's just, that's, you know, that's just the effect they have on people, you know? I mean, that's, that's why I like to pop up in some places. I randomly like to pop up just to remember, you know, to remind, remind Roday to make his bowels move. That's right. That's, that's uh, it. It could be effective, but also it's kind. It's a nice gesture. Yeah. yeah it's really clean. It's friendship. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, Ryan here, my engineer, you don't see him. And uh, my friend Troy, we came up with this. That you guys are the most diverse, non-romantic, hetero power couple in Hollywood. Oh, that's a, a lot of like uh, subsets to get to a profound statement, you know. But did you say how you said power or, or non-power? No, I said most diverse, non-romantic, hetero power couple. I didn't mean non-power. I think non-power is funnier. Yeah. <laughs> you think that's what i should have added yeah, if, you, if you said it real fast that you could have really snuck that in there and we probably wouldn't yeah. realize it that would have been funny yeah hey uh 
you know, I mean, you guys are on one of the most successful shows. You, you've worked together forever. We talked about this a long time ago. But, like, do you still talk every day? Do you still text each other every day? Or is it more every couple of weeks? It can't be that perfect all the time. It can't be that easy. Non, no non-romantic hetero power couple has ever not ever had a squirrel. You got to get it right. It's non-power couple. It's non-power couple. Come on. Non-power couple. Let's all get on that page because it's fun. Come on. Well, is that just because it's self-deprecating? Is that just because you guys don't really, th- it's, it, you think that's a joke? Because you you have power. Well, we didn't get that memo. So if, yeah. this is, if this is you telling us for the first time that we have power, this is fun, man. Who who told you? Who's this coming from? Anybody who has a say on a TV show that they're working on and is, is involved in, whether it's writing, creativity, movies, uh, has a say and uh, and is responsible for its evolution. There's some kind of power there that I think that is warranted. I see where you're coming from. You see where I'm coming from? How many yeah. people could say that? Like, you know, in Smallville, I was just like, you know, hit the, hit the mark, Baldy. Say your lines. Yeah, but you knew they were talking to you when they said that, see? right? When they <laughs> dropped a Baldy. You were, you were the only Baldy guy on there, you know what I mean? <laughs> that is true. That is true. Um, no, but to your point, it's been, uh, yeah, we've been very lucky in that regard. Um, we get way more say on that show than any any actors probably should ever have. But, you know, it's also the kind of show where, uh, you know, inmates can run the asylum and it still sort of feels like the show. So, it, you know, it's it's also, uh, it's specific to what we do on that on that show. Like, couldn't have pulled that off on the West Wing, right? Couldn't have given actors that kind of power. Wouldn't have been yeah. the same. Yeah, no, no. It probably would have turned into a, a very different administration, you know, <laughs> very different. Was that was that hard, Dulay? When you were West Wing, did it was it just like always a lot of lines, always just hit your mark. You never really said much. Did you did you ever say things about your character, or are you are you one of those oh, actors yeah. who just go with it, or just like, I don't want to slow production down with all these questions. Let's just do it. It's not like I'm going to well, change that much. Well, one when you're doing the the words of Aaron Sorkin, he's he's very I guess uh, proficient in creating scenes and creating dynamics within characters that are fully developed. So it wasn't a lot of having to talk about that, but if there was some things that came up that, you know, moments that you wanted to go through, I would, I would talk about it. Uh, but oftentimes it, it wasn't, it wasn't that complicated. I mean, we just had to tell the story. Right. I mean, working with Martin Sheen and Allison Janney and doing the words of Aaron Sorkin. It's like, was he one of those guys like that would be like, um, yeah, he said the. There's no the in between. Yes. Come on. Yes. I never understood that. Is that true? That happens. Yeah. Yeah. Even like uh, you know, there's like a dot 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 in between the, the words. You're supposed to give a little air there. But the thing is, once you once you I guess you you really jumped in and you didn't fight it like within your within your own self. You you kind of went on the ride. You realize that you realize that it worked. You realize that this is somebody who really put in the time to craft every nuance within the dialogue, if you just went with it, you would realize that, that there was a song to sing. If we can all get on board, then we could, uh, mm. we can create something special. What about when Roday would direct or write something, would he go, hey, Delay, you didn't say the. <laughs> <laughs> I think Roday would be like, just get a, just, just get, make sure you get the, the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> if you just get the, we're good. <laughs> yeah, it's important you get the, but after that, just, you know, just, as long as you get the general gist of everything, then it's all good. Just tell the story. That's all. Yeah. Going back to your original, your original question too is like uh, I think you probably talk like at least text at least like uh, 
once or twice a week at, at, at the, the least amount would be like once or twice a week but pretty much every couple of days there's some text going back about something some check in just you know? a check in plus i gotta see pics of the boy the boy's growing up yes he is for our very eyes how old is he he is now 15 months well 15 months in about like in about oh. a week now is that hard because, like, you know, you can't really share them with the family and friends, and it's just this whole 15 months of, like, somebody else watch my kid, please? No, no, it's not It's not the, It's not not the. that, because I love spending time with him. We have so much fun together. Actually, he, in the midst of this time, he brings, he brings me so much joy and kind of brings me sanity in the midst of the craziness that's going on in the world. But there is a sadness, though, of, of other people not being able to be intimately along the journey. Right. Like I do, I do uh, look forward to, and I still miss even the idea of people just stopping by, you know, say go days in town and stopping by and hanging out with them for a little bit. Yeah. You know who these people are. Like, yes, I know you because you come by often. There is, there is no coming by right now, which is a little sad, but hopefully this will only be for a season and it'll pass on. Hey, what's that sound? What sound is that? It's terrible. It's one of you guys. It's Dulay. It's Dulay's. All right, I'll be back. No problem. What's going on with you, Rosie? Give me the quick update. How's, uh, how's pandemic life treating you? You know, up and down, man. The busier I am, man, you know, you know how it goes. If if I'm if I I spiral quickly. If I do not stay active, if I don't get out of the house, if I don't, I started golf, and I, I always hated golf, and now I'm just alone on a golf course or with a buddy who's you know being respectful, and I'm now competitive with it i love it it gets me out of the house i got dogs i got you know i'm creating a couple horror projects and uh you know it's good but i definitely i feel that sort of depression and anxious feeling that that it lingers there that's there and if i if i'm not aware of it if i don't go hey that's there let's do let's get away from that or you know if i start going down you know then it's just you don't deal with that uh I've had a very, I look, we're all having incredibly unique experiences because this is unprecedented, right? So it's going to affect all of us differently. But I have found that uh, a lot of white noise went away for me. And in a weird way, I got clarity that I wasn't expecting, like personal clarity. Uh, I got, I've gotten a lot of writing done in it with an efficiency that I'm not accustomed to. Um, and I think it's because all the shit that swarms around us that we've become conditioned to dealing with from the moment we leave the house, uh, isn't, isn't there. It's a new cloud for sure, but it's a different cloud. And, uh, I don't know. I have, uh, I guess I'm one of those jerks who like is has 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 had something of a revelatory experience because of everything that's been happening. I I think like, I, like that makes perfect sense, and I think in a lot of ways, I have become what's the word when you uh, self self when you reliable self what's the word sufficient self sufficient. Thank you. That's a that's a word I couldn't find. But I I have become so all of a sudden I'm doing like. Uh, you know what? I'll 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 print out the merch things, and I'll I'll go to the post office, take all the merch, and I'll and I'll, I'll and I'm just doing. I'm taking I'm taking the dog, the old dog, to the vet four times a week, and I'm doing this, and I'm sending flowers to my 
you know, I had I had an assistant. I had somebody who always helped me with these things, and I've been traveling and on shows and doing this. And now that I'm here and I'm alone, I have just maybe grown up a little bit. But I also feel like I have been creative. I've been, do- but I also feel that this FOMO, I you know that that there's none of that. There's not like, hey man, we're all going to the ball game. Hey, we're all going to here. We're all, hey, this is happening. Hey Rosenbaum, when are you having a barbecue? Hey, when we're going to there's nothing. So I'm like, ah, I don't have to do shit. I could just do my shit. Dulé, how do you feel about that? Hello, hello. Yep, that's yes. it. Yes. That's good. Yeah. And you look good in headphones. Did you now do you have like 10 pairs of headphones? So that those are the best, the, the pair that look best on you? Uh, no, actually. I have, I have this one and I just got an, another pair the other day that I haven't used yet. But no, I don't have a lot of headphones. I don't use a lot of headphones. But it's weird because it's not giving me the sound of myself. So I'm kind of muffled to myself. But you know, it's like, it's good though. You know, it's like, it's like I'm talking to myself in a cocoon. You know, it's like I'm just having a little me time, but you're right on the outside of it. So it's, I don't know what's nice funny hearing you say that or watching James listen to you say that. You, maybe if you take one of your headphones off, would that help? Try that. Oh, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> no, but that does help. You know, you give it a little help. Help, right? It does, it does help. help. You see what I'm saying? Hey, you know, back to the whole psych thing, and we can go, because I want to talk about little horror movies. I want to talk about music. I want to talk about a bunch of stuff. But And by the way, this won't be that long, because you know I don't like to talk too long. But, you know, you to, to be able to do a movie off a tv show it just it baffles me and people are like why don't you do a smallville movie why like no no one's ever asked and i'm old but lex could be old so i'm like i don't know why Why we could do do a follow-up that'd be that'd be fun right i don't but then i'm like then you make another one and you guys there was some interview where somebody asked you you know you, you said you would keep doing it no matter what like you'd love it just keep them coming is that true would you continue to do these I mean, yeah, I, I think in a, in a vacuum, it's tough to say that. But if all of the key elements remain in place and, and that one of the biggest is the appetite uh, from the fans. Um, and yeah, we, we've always sort of said that, you know, this was a gift of a job that kind of changed all of our lives in, in wonderful ways. And, you know, people still want it. And we can come together once every couple of years we want to see each other anyway. Like it's an opportunity for like a family reunion basically. So, um, and they never give us much time to shoot these things. So it's not like it really cuts into anybody's schedule. And I think, yeah, I think we, I think it would be, I think it'd be dope to be part of something where you see a character age from, you know, their late twenties to their deathbeds, even though delay will always look the same, like people will be able to document that it's been, you know, a long time. You know, it's, it's going to be like site 10, you know, site 10, Sean loses his hair. You see, right. you know, when yeah. he's, he's the, thin, the thinning hair, the thinning hair movie. I mean, that's going to be, that's going to be such a heart wrenching, you know, on all new special, a special site movie. You but, see what I'm saying? But you, you would do a Dulé too. You're, you're, you feel the same way James yeah. does about it. Yeah, I mean, I love I love the cast. I love working all the creators involved. I love the crew. We have a a wonderful time, and it's, it's as Rodé was saying, it's a it's a family reunion. So I think as long as people wanted to to see it, and that's you know, and that's the side of it that I also enjoy is is the fact that people really uh, look forward to the movies coming out. They look forward to seeing where these characters are. So I think as long as the appetite was there for it, I would I would love to keep doing. It. Why not? Yeah, some one of my friends, I've known him for a long time. He was he was actually my assistant in on Smallville and some other things. His name's Troy, and I talk about him every once in a while. But Troy said that cat that that show 
He's, it's like no other show. He does tons of extra work. You might know Redheaded Troy. Oh, I know you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Troy, used to, Troy used to work on yeah. site. Right. Yeah. He said he would just show up on set sometimes just to, because everybody just had so much fun and everybody loved that show and the crew would just talk about it. I've never heard someone. I mean, look, we had a great crew. People liked it. It was really hard work. But like the response that I hear is just like it was just. They, all they want to do is work on psych. They just, it was the best job ever. And you felt that? Did you guys feel that? Yeah, because I think, I think on our show, like everyone was just respected. We all can't have a good time. No one took themselves too seriously. I think oftentimes, especially when you get actors on television shows, they can really start to take themselves seriously. Hmm. And that has a, a domino effect. It really changes the energy inside, you know, at, at, inside the, inside the foot, inside the space, really. And on our show, Rodea and I, we, we were thankful to have a job. We wanted to make sure that everyone was always respected and appreciated. And I think that just translated throughout the, uh, throughout the sets. So when everyone, anyone came, they always had a good time. What was we it? never yeah. got, we never got tripped up by that, like, uh, existential sort of creative integrity, uh, conversation that I think happens. Uh, a lot when a series begins to sustain itself. I mean, when when Dulé's dressed up like a wizard and, you know, I, my character suddenly doesn't know how to tell time anymore. It's tough to, like, it's tough to take anything too seriously. I mean, the bits that we were doing day in and day out, like, they, they just lend themselves to, to nonsense. Like, we very rarely did we stop and, like, question any of the things that could potentially lead to conflict on a set. Um, plus, you know, it was a well-oiled machine. We never went over. Everybody always got to go home and see their kids, which is a big deal, as you know, in this business, to be able to have a job where you can say good morning and good night to your children is very rare. And that's what psych was. So of course, everybody, you know, in, in the crew wanted, wanted that gig. But there had to be, James, there had, come on. There had to be along the way. A guest star who shows up who just is like a a stick in the spokes who just is like whoa this guy wow whoa this guy's an asshole this guy is like he's he's just like he's he's talking down to people he's a pain in the ass I'm sure you had to see that so few though mm-hmm. so few you can count them on one hand honestly and it, the reason was always the same they they didn't know the show they didn't know what they were coming to be a part of and they didn't get how we did things and the thing is too is it even when you're guesting on a show. You cannot come and just blatantly be an asshole if that's not what folks, if that's not what people are doing. You know, it's like we just wouldn't stand for it. Right. I mean, uh, there'd be people who could maybe try to push it a little bit, but they're only there for, it's a cable show, so we didn't have some long shoots. You're only there for a week anyway, or if that. Right. And, uh, but, I, but, but again, if you're, if you're coming into, this, into the set and everyone is, especially Rodé and I are not really coming with that energy, and then Tim and Maggie aren't coming with that energy. It doesn't really leave room for you to come to right. The lead, that energy. Right. If the leads are, it's like leading by example. It's like, you know, how could I not, how could I be an asshole if these guys are, everybody's so nice around me. But did you ever see in all these years, how many years of psych? Eight. Did you ever see James or James, you ever see Relay just go, what the hell are we doing? Come <laughs> on. This is ridiculous. <laughs> no, uh, but we did have, uh, a camera assistant have a tiny meltdown once, which became one of the great, great runners of our show. Take me there. We were, we were doing. Always spinning. Always spinning. <laughs> we were doing some very rare process trailer work, 
um, you know, back before everybody started doing it uh, on green screen. And he was on one trailer. We were in the car. Um, the director was going on about whatever the director was going on about. And he couldn't tell if his camera was malfunctioning or not. So he asked on his radio if we were speeding, if someone could tell him. And no one would no one would answer him. And the conversations just kept going and people were futzing and doing all that stuff. And we just sort of watched him slowly have like a nervous breakdown until finally he just screamed into his walkie, are we speeding? And there was no irony to it. There, we wasn't doing a bit. We were like, holy shit, Trevor's just lost it. Holy shit, Trev, you lost it, man. Um, and then everybody was able to laugh, including Trevor. But it, it was like, that's it. Because wow. those, those instances were so rare, we can remember them very clearly. Mm. And they become stories because it was just, it just never happened. I, I remember some, just some meltdowns. But I mean, it was usually a great set, but we were doing 22 episodes, one hour dramas. It was working 14, 16 hour days. It was this, it was 15 actors, guest stars, explosion, sci-fi. People, got, I've, I've seen it. I've seen everybody upset. It wasn't just Psych season eight where everybody's going, all right, are the cupcakes coming in? We're just yeah. like, yeah. And it, look, and it was times when people would be, would be tired and exhausted in this net, but I think people still just maintained a level of composure throughout it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, and again, thankfully on, on Psych, both Rode and I, we, you know, we, we were thankful to have a job. We were thankful to be doing what we were doing. We were thankful for the cast and the crew. That, uh, that we were able to hang with every day. And we, the main thing that we, I think, just really demanded of everybody is just to give respect to everybody. I love and, that. And not, so, I mean, as long as everyone played in that sandbox, then all was well. But if we ever got to a point where somebody was not playing in that sandbox, then one of us would. Right. Step well, up. It, it, <laughs> you're not going to win this battle. Right, gotta, right, right. One of you is going to stick up for the, one of you is going to take the initiative. I mean, look, I, and I, I hear you. I mean, I did a short-lived show for two years, and I remember being the lead and a producer on it and just saying, hey, we're not here to make art. We're here to make fart. Let's, uh, yeah. let's have fun. Let's laugh. And that's how it was. The whole Everybody in that crew, we had the best freaking time. It was never tense. And that it was a comedy. It was. <laughs> it's funny. I remember, like, like, what was it? Like season one, I think, we had a, a producer who was brought up to kind of run the ship oh yeah and it was from i think this moment that we realized okay this is what the show is going to be and we're going to always have a good time and i'll never forget me and roday and you know the, the crew were there just like laughing and having a good time and, and the day is going it's starting to go so we need to get work done but we're, we're getting it done and i'll never forget <laughs> he came and he was like all right all right all right guys enough enough let's let's get to work let's get to work and <laughs> i was like okay <laughs> You did it like that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty fantastic. It was also like it was the only <laughs> attempt that the studio ever made at, oh, gosh. at having like representation on our set. <laughs> and it was such a quick and easy lesson that they learned of just like, oh, it's not that it's not that show. Um, we're just gonna have to roll with this because it's, it's that doesn't that's not gonna work. So he was only someone there for like maybe six episodes or something. Yeah. And then they, they pulled him out and we never had, we never had a producer on set again. Like, no, was, That's, you know, yeah. And then even, and then even like, if there was, say if there was a director that was an asshole, either myself or Rodea, somebody would just kind of 
give a call and say, yeah, that person can't come back because, and even if they treated us fine, because sometimes we, we would even hear that for us, we loved them. And then we would hear later on, oh no, you know, they treated, they treated the crew like, 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 like an asshole. They were, they were dicks to the, to the crew. They just wouldn't come back. We said, no, well, we can't, we can't, we can't do that. We're not, that's not what we're doing over here. Did you get on the call or one of you or both of you or just send an email or what was it? Yeah, at the end of each season, it was basically like, uh, who'd you guys like? Who didn't you like? Who should we bring back? And you know, we were the ones that were there. Nobody else was there. So they, there's the power that you were referring there to. There it is. <laughs> this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know how many times I have to talk about this, but it's so important. If you're sitting there right now and you're stressed or you're anxious or you have a lot on your mind and you just bottle it up and you don't know what to do, it's going to come out and it's not going to come out in great ways all the time. Um, BetterHelp has helped me substantially. Ryan here has been using it for a while. And I, you know, don't you notice when you don't use BetterHelp? When you don't have therapy? Oh, the weeks where I miss a session? Of course, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's like the more you talk about something, even if you don't think you have anything to talk about, things come up and it puts your mind at ease. And we all carry around different stressors, you know, big and small. And at times we keep carrying them around rather than processing them and letting them go. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy from BetterHelp is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for all of us. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I think people think, oh, what if I don't like my therapist? If you don't, you switch them. It's that easy. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash inside. Inside of You is brought to you by Rocket Money. I love Rocket Money. You know why? Because everyone should have Rocket Money because it just helps you save money. How many times do we have subscriptions that we don't even know we have anymore and we're paying so much money? It's just throwing away money, Ryan. I, I found one. You And you did it. You told I me. Found- I got Rocket Money. <laughs> Okay, I found one. It. I'm embarrassed to say how long it's been going on, but thank you for finding it. <laughs> My God, it was embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, because it's like you want to watch some show and you go, oh, I have to subscribe to this uh, this streaming, de- uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you, you start streaming the show, you watch it, you leave, and you forget after this trial period it kicks in and it's they're charging terrible. you 10 bucks a month. It's, it is embarrassing. Ugh. You know, 75% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about. Before I started using Rocket Money, I thought I had, you know, like, oh, I have like five subscriptions. I could not believe it when they showed me I was paying for like four extra uh, between, you know, streaming advices and fitness apps, delivery services. It's never ending. And thanks to Rocket Money, I'm no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending 
and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lowering your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with the customer service for you. I don't like that. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash inside. That's rocketmoney.com slash inside. Rocketmoney.com slash inside. I've had this where at the end of a season, they like, like who, who did you like as a director? Nice ice cube in the glass. That was good, James. Uh-huh. Good COVID. And so they'd say, Rosie, who do you like this season? I go, you know, I liked everybody. I just, I didn't like, you know, this person was just, I didn't like them. They're like, oh, but it was a great episode. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. you asked me if I wanted to work. Now, you know what I mean? Have they ever done that? We're like, oh, let's, let's bring them back. I know you don't like them. No, didn't happen. See, that's power. You guys see, there yeah. it is. No, it's like, and also it was like, even though we encouraged, we certainly encouraged directors to come in and do what they did because there wasn't like a stringent sort of, model for how to shoot our show our show didn't live or die by you know shot composition or stuff the directors were doing you know as people turned on their tvs to laugh so there was no director whose uh, signature was going to override the vibe that we needed to make our show so it was it didn't matter how good of, a, of, of an episode they made or how well paced it was right replace them with someone who is there to have a good time and it's going to be better anyway. And I just think it's important, which is what we, we did on site, but it, again, in this, in this town, in this business, people take themselves way too seriously. They really, we, oftentimes, even though we're, we're, I guess, reflecting humanity and reflecting society, we seem to lose our humanity in this business a lot, whether it's the actors and how they treat other people, whether it's directors or producers and how they treat other people. And uh, I think the more that we can hold on to this, the, you know, the, I guess the genuineness of our of ourselves, and being able to really just respect other people for just for being people, then you don't have those kind of issues. And thankfully, on site, we didn't. We just stayed in that lane. It was like we're all here. We all have our unique gifts. We're all here to make good television, but we're not doing brain surgery. We're yeah, not, ma- yeah. Maybe it's a lore. Maybe on. it's is a lore the right word? It's it's just sort of like this 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 idea that when you get to high high school, sort of. When you get to uh, Hollywood that, you know, you've got these directors and you've got these stories and we've got to live up to it. And I've got to be this and I've got to be this someone that I'm not because I've got to show them I'm a director and I have power. And you hear all these horror stories because, you know, you hear a lot of big directors. Some There's some big directors who are not easy to work with who yeah. are just I mean, I, I De Palma has made it clear he hates actors. You know, um, I I test screen for something years ago and. I was like just a puppet. It was just like uh, over there. Um, I want you to read with her. You read with Minnie. You read with him. Slow it down on that. Do it again. It was just like, what the? It wasn't fun. It was just like, this guy has obviously done some brilliant movies, but it was, you know, it was sort of uncomfortable. And I wonder if there's that. I mean, there's got to be that, you know, people come to Hollywood and they're like, I'm a director and I finally have power and maybe I didn't have it. It's, it I'm missing. I was missing something in my childhood. And now I feel like I have to overcompensate and be an asshole. Maybe that, I don't know. Yeah, look, and actors are the same way. There's a lot of actors like that too. You know, it always amazes me how actors will break their necks trying to audition, audition, audition to get jobs, especially when they first come to this town. And then as they start getting some level of success, now everything's a problem. 
It's like you just a year ago you were <laughs> you were begging for a job, and now it's like uh uh uh, you know. It's it's, it's just it just drives me crazy sometimes. But I think as as long as we can, the more that we again, the more that we can just appreciate the moment that we are in. And yeah. that's the good thing about even this whole like pandemic. It's like I think it's really been able to just let people take a step back for a second to say a lot of stuff that we get caught up in is very frivolous. <laughs> it's very frivolous, and I think uh, it's challenging us now to be more connected to just our humanity and and what are we actually offering up to the environment yeah. around us. We've been conditioned uh, to accept so much hypocrisy in what we do, mm-hmm. and it's what I was saying earlier. It's like it, it's all. It's all just sort of white noise that we think is part of it. It's like, oh, this is what I signed up for. But the truth is, none of us signed up for that. We signed up to tell stories and and hopefully be good to, to our fellow man. And you know, it's, it's taking a 400-year-in-the-making social uprising and an international pandemic for everybody to slow the fuck down and go, wait a second. Like, our... Our industry is pretty ass backwards. Like, you know, we, we love to hold up signs and it's like, this is what, you know, the entertainment industry stands for. There's, there's a lot of broken parts to this machine. Yeah. And a lot of broken parts that nobody talks about nearly enough. And now they're being talked about. And it's another one of the, I hope, you know, positive byproducts of the world shutting down for a second. Yeah, I think... Uh... I mean, it's, it's very cliche, and but it, it, I, I believe it's so true. It comes down to, it's just how much easier is it to be kind to people than it is to be mean to people? How much more energy does it take to be an asshole, to be racist, to be, there's, you know, it's, it's just, it's just so easy. And the older I get, I'm just like, it's just let things go and just be gentle and kind as kind as you can be. You know, I, whether you believe in God or not, I always say, it's like, I'll tell you if there's a God and you can believe what you want to believe. I believe what I want to believe, but maybe saying, you know, you have fucked each other for the last, how many years you have, you have destroyed this beautiful planet. You have, done everything I, I i have given you everything that's in front of you if that if that's what you believe I, or not but it doesn't even matter if you believe that or not because it's the truth you're given this planet and we just mm. keep shitting on it shitting on each other and at the end maybe the whole game is the whole end game is well we'll see are they going to just destroy each other and there'll be nothing left that's where it's going or are they somehow going to come together and go ah and the devil's over there and you know, the God's like, yeah, see, I knew they'd come together. And the devil's like, ah, fuck you, God. <laughs> There's something, I know it sounds crazy, but that, you know, it's simplistic sort of just, you know, with the whole climate change and whether you believe it or not, just pick the fucking thing up, throw it away. Look, it's, it's, it's kind of like the whole, <laughs> the whole mask thing right now. The fact that that even got politicized, whether you believe it or not, how hard is it to throw on a mask for a little bit? If I could possibly save your life, even if I mean if I'm wrong, okay, even if it's a one percent chance, why is yeah, there an argument? Like, yeah, just okay. Let me just throw on a mask. I can throw on a mask. It's not. If it, it could possibly save your life, so sure, I could do it for for a month, two months, maybe even three. Sure, why not? And if it had nothing to do with it, then no harm, no foul. But if if it, if it did have something to do with it, and 
then great. We just did a, a, a lot to, you know, to squash this whole pandemic. But even that is an issue because it's no, you're no, I have a right not to, and it's then it's, you know, I'm, you know, I know, I know. We, don't have, we, we get more caught up in our in our rights and less caught up in our, our responsibility to our fellow man. Yeah, look, I want to ask you a couple questions. Uh, first of all, when you were doing Psych One, the first movie, right? And that was how many years ago? Maybe five, four. Right, and when you're I, yeah, something like that. Know, well, you're, like, you're about to film. You're in pre-production. Tell me if I'm wrong. And then one of your most beloved cast members, one of your best friends, Tim Amundsen, has a stroke out of the blue. I mean, talk about something that just. I mean, how did? Have you guys talked about that? I mean, maybe I'm. I'm sure you have, but like, what was your first response, both of you? Like, and how did you react to it? Uh, I mean, I was, I was, it was shock. Uh, I, I mean, it's like the rug being pulled out from underneath you. I believe that like, you hit me real day. I think you called me. Yeah. And I, I said, I said, what? Like, what? Like, it just, even as I think about it now, connecting those dots just didn't, still don't connect in my mind. about like, wait, what happened? And it was, it was, to the level of being so serious that we weren't even too sure if he was going to make it. And, and again, it's, it's those type of moments of life where life kind of goes, is put on its, on its, tilt, on its axis, goes on its side, where we're a few weeks away from going to shoot a psych movie. And then now we're talking about whether, you know, our brother's actually even going to see tomorrow. I mean, it just puts everything in, in perspective, everything in perspective. But, uh, you know, thankfully, we are such a family where, as he did start to come through, folks really rolled up their sleeves and said, we're going to make this happen. We're going to make it happen with him and for him. And then it keep, you know, keep uh, cheering him on to then be able to get to the second Psych movie. But I mean, I, I remember the moment he just really, I was, I was shook. And that's, I, you know, he's still a fake guy. Tim is, you know, he's someone who exercises and ride ride his bike all over the place and this and that. It was, I never would have expected that that call, you know. Jeez, James. Yeah, uh, it was devastating and uh, a classic example of uh, the perspective you gain when it lands on your on your own doorstep because uh, you hear stories about stuff happening to young, healthy, fit people. And uh, until, until it's right in front of your face, it's, it's surreal, but it doesn't hit home the same way. I mean, like he was 47 years old. He was in the best shape of his life. And trust us, we, we knew him since he was, you know, 30 something. We saw all the different versions of Tim and, and he really truly was in the best shape of his and life. And no heart problems, no pre-existing. He, uh, his career was apexing, you know, he, he was coming off Gallivant where he was sort of the breakout character of, of that show. He had just gotten another job where he was going to be working with Carol Burnett. Like it was happening, uh, for him in a very exciting way. And so the last thing, the last phone call you ever, ever expect to get is that, someone in that position, you know, drops a major stroke out of nowhere. And someone called you, James? Someone's called you? To yeah. Like yeah. Uh, I, I heard from, from Maggie, uh, who I'd heard, I believe from Tim's wife and, uh, yeah, the record just scratches and you stop and you don't know what to say. You don't know what to do for a second. And, uh, 
and then, you know, because we're all so close and we were, you know, we were all such a family, we were able to sort of shift gears pretty quickly into what does Tim need? What's the best thing to do? How can we help the family? Like it, 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 it was a, it was a clear and obvious shift from like, uh, to action. And, uh, I mean, I would expect nothing less from this group, but it really did. Like, that's what you do in that situation. When did you, when did, was the first time you guys talked to him after it happened? It was a minute because like Dulé said, there was like a week there where, uh, his life was essentially hanging in the balance and we were getting updates, but you know, he wasn't really talking to anybody. So, uh, I would say weeks. Yeah. Weeks at least. Cause I've, it's all like a little blurry now, but I feel like I went to see him in at the, at the rehab center. And that was the first time I actually spoke to him. How was that Dulé? I mean, were you, did you get him? You had to get emotional. Of course. Yeah. I mean, I, I was, it was emotional. Uh, it was emotional on two sides. It was emotional because like it was uh, heartbreaking, but it also was inspiring because Tim's spirit was so big, you know, still trying to like, like cracking jokes in the midst of what he's going through. And we just like seeing, seeing, I guess the, the mental fortitude that, that you saw him forming in his mind to be able to keep pressing forward was, uh, was inspiring. He keeps beating every prognosis, and I'm sure he would be delighted to come on and talk to you, Rosie, because it's an amazing story, and he, you know, he can tell it a hell of a lot better than we can. But you know, it went from a priest coming to read him his last rites in front of his wife to oh. doctors to doctors telling you know Allison, just prepare yourself. There's a very good chance that your husband's never going to walk again, and it's just like he just kept clearing hurdles. You know, um, the dude's walking around. Uh, you know, it's he's he is an inspiration to to us all, and he's also been he's been very he's out he's out there sort of as a uh, stroke victim spreading you know the word of like hey it doesn't have to it doesn't have to end. That's why I brought it up because I feel like you know he wants to get the message out, and I wanted to bring that up, and I I, I would love to talk to him. I think it's you know I, Rob Benedict, you know Rob Benedict, yeah, because he, he had a stroke. I think while he was doing Supernatural or something, but he had come on the podcast and it was just an amazing story where he just, his friend, he called, his friend called up to his room and he's about to come down and he just starts talking like, uh, and he's not making any sense. He's like, uh, dude, what are you talking about, dude? And then he just ran up to this and he got mm. him and took him to the hospital. And, uh, it's amazing how that can happen so fast. And, you know, it's like, and I think, you know, you can't sit here and think about it all the time, right? We can't sit here and go, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, and this and this. And I'm like, life is so – but it, it, you, you sort of do have to pay attention that we don't have much time. We don't. We just don't. We have, you have to, it has to sink in and, and say it's, it's important. I try to every week try to call my close friends, try to call my family and just say I love you. So you just don't know. And I'm 48. This happened when he was 47. He's way healthier than I am. It can happen to anybody. You know, and you're right. You, we can't always live our life in the place of this could happen at any point. But I do think if we can, for example, if we knew that this was happening, it, even in, in that time when that was going on, it changes how you interact with people. And so I think if we could just honor the preciousness of life, then I think it would change how we interact with people. It would, certain things that I would, you know, flip out about. I'm, I, 
I probably wouldn't if I knew that this moment was going to be my last moment or this moment was going to be in your last moment or next week was going to be your last moment. So I think if we can move forward in our life in, in that, under that umbrella, then I think, or through that lens anyway, it would really help the way that we interact with people. Because a lot of times it's like, well, you know what, it's not really that serious. Like this, right. this thing right here, that, that this little thing that's happening, it's not that serious. I can, I can let that slide. And you know what, I, I, I would rather tell you that I love you before I leave instead of saying, fuck you. It comes back to kindness, right? It's so easy to just be kind and and be aware of that. And it's okay for me to still be upset about something, but it's like, I don't need to take it there all the time. I can just, you know, one of my favorite words is grace. It's like, you know, I can just let a little bit of grace flow from outside of me and hopefully some will come back my way too in the midst of, if I just, you know, in the midst of things, because I have learned, I lost my best friend when I was 15 years old. So I mean, I have learned that when, when even a person that you can't stand a person that you really know that you really can't stand, even when they go away, you know, it, you realize that a lot of those things weren't as serious. Not saying, not saying all of them weren't. Some of them are, were major, but there's a lot of things where it's like, you know what, that wasn't really that serious. I didn't need to hold on to that, so, like wave that like a banner everywhere I went. I could have just said, like, you know, I could have let that let that go by the wayside. So yeah, that's uh, that's one thing that. I mean, thankfully, Tim has persevered through, but even in that moment, it kind of just reminded me of how, how fragile life is. So let's try our best to enjoy it. I just truly, truly appreciate what you have. Informs every, every element of your behavior. And that's another thing that we've been conditioned by in this industry is like, it's never enough, right? It's like, it doesn't matter how good we have it or what's in front of us. Our eyes are always, okay, but what's the next thing? What's the next thing? What can I turn this into? Right? What can I? How can I take this and leverage it and turn it into that? And so I think a lot of times we forget how fleeting it all is, and how fucking important it is to just stop and and enjoy and savor and appreciate the moments that we have in this business, especially because so many other people don't get them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that that informs how you act. That informs how you treat people. And I think other people. I don't think people are automatically resentful of someone just because they're successful. I think if people see a successful person appreciating that success and using it to help others, they can be thrilled for that person. I think the, I think resentment is born from watching people become successful assholes, you know, and then it trickles down. So wow. appreciation, I think, is, Guys, is another Jesus. another word that I, that, along with grace, that I think is. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind the scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. I, I didn't expect this to like this conversation because it's a, we usually we just laugh and talk shit and but this is like yeah, but so resonant. You wouldn't give us your it's, torso. You wouldn't give us your torso. <laughs> you only gave us your head. And so this is what you get. But it, it, can you not see me? But it, it's really like resonating with me. Like all the things you're saying. It's not like I'm just kind of like thinking of the next question. These are like I'm forgetting I'm ta- like in, interviewing you. Or, you know what I mean? It's it's like I'm going. Huh. Wow. Oh, I should probably get back to maybe asking a question you know it's just very 
Yeah, what? Joy? I say, I say, especially based off of our uh, our our text chain before we started the interview. <laughs> oh my God! Phone. Just so uh, people will know, I guess nine times out of ten, if uh, Rodan and I are texting each other, it could be anything. It could be it could say, you know, uh, yeah, man, it's raining outside because there's literally rain falling. <laughs> One of us is going to text back to each other. You don't know what's falling outside. Or outside so stop texting me this bullshit, please. All right, I, I, I'm gonna. I... <laughs> so, 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 so Rosenbaum, I think, was a little shook today because that's what was. Right, I'm gonna read you this. I'm gonna read you something. I'm, this is our text chain. If we don't like it, we just cut it. It's, don't worry about it. Uh, 11:30, guys. I'll send the link right before. Delay. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> James Roday, we're getting the COVID protocol breakdown. I'll hop off as soon as I can, but I will not be early. How dare you, says me, and boring. James, <laughs> it's pretty insane. Dulé, you don't know when you hop on, so please stop texting bullshit. Rosenbaum, I don't understand. James, truth being stranger than fiction of your dumb bullshit. This is how we, this is how we speak to each other, Rosie. Stay out of it. Oh, sorry, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm erect. Weird. I'm the one who says something dirty. James, no, that tracks. Delay. Yep, it does. James, okay, I'm in. That's that was a conversation. That's we're almost done here. Uh, you know, the whole James Rodé Rodriguez thing. I think it's really it's really cool, and 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 you could be brief about it. Um, I know you've probably talked about it uh, a ton, but. You know, that was your that was your surname, right? You changed it because originally you're like, oh, that shouldn't be, you know, I'm not going to get any work with Rodriguez, correct? It was a long time ago. Uh, I'm very happy to say that, that the experience that I had, um, you know, in 1998, uh, I don't think would ever happen today. So we're looking for silver linings and we're looking for signs of, of some positive growth. Uh, I don't think there is a scenario where any anyone would feel comfortable telling an actor, uh, to change their name anymore uh, in this business. So that's a good thing. And, you know, I did it. I made a choice. And, uh, and because I made that choice and then started building the career, um, I think I was blinded by the momentum and by the, you know, the, the success that I was having. And it never, honestly, just never occurred to me that, that reclaiming my my birth name was something that I could do, which is a hundred percent on me because I could have done this 10 years ago. I could have done this five years ago. Like I, this was not an elusive thing, uh, that couldn't, that I couldn't do. But again, as we've been saying, I think everything that's happening in the world right now is, and, and the forced stoppage is what sort of enlightened me in a number of ways. One of which was, you know what I need, I need to talk to my father. Uh, I need to have like a real conversation that is that goes beyond uh, checking in and and maybe updating one another on some football shit. And and when I did that, uh, I heard I heard a lot of stuff that I'd never heard before about my grandparents, uh, about their experience as first generation Mexican Americans in this country about his experience stuff. I mean, stories that I had never heard and I'm 44 and, uh, I was really, I was really moved. And, and because of that, I felt like, wait a second, why haven't I ever thought about this, 
this before. Why, why am I still not using my name? Uh, that's ridiculous. And, and I think it's also, I think you can also turn it and go, well, that's also very convenient, dude. Like you waited until you had a career and now you're going to reclaim your heritage. And I, I accept that criticism as valid. Um, and there's, I have really no argument against it other than to say that this was the journey and this specific moment in time is what popped me in the face and woke me the fuck up. And, uh, I want to be the best ally I can, uh, to, to the people that I love. And I can't do that if I'm not even putting my own truth out there. So once all of that came together, honestly, it was one of probably the easiest decision I've ever made in my life. It's like, oh, well, duh. What'd your dad uh, say when you told him? He was very touched because to my father's credit, uh, it's the only phone call I made, you know, 20 years ago when I changed my name, I said, dad, I got to run this by you. Uh, I'm, you know, it's being heavily suggested to me with my first job sitting in the palm of my hand, uh, to not go by Rodriguez because it's going to be confusing and people don't, you know, it's going to, there could be like a weird backlash. And he was like, son, cut me off. And he said, son, dude, this is your dream. You got to do whatever you got to do. Cause no one in my family had any concept of like succeeding as an artist. Like that was, that was always a, that was always a pipe dream anyway. So the, the fact that there was any kind of reality attached to this pipe dream was a lot for all of us to digest. And he didn't question it for a second. He totally let me off the hook. And uh, as soon as I had his blessing, I didn't, I didn't ask him, I didn't call anybody else. I, I just did it and, and that was that. And I, I know he never expected something like this. And I, I know it meant a great deal to him because I've also heard, I've heard him tell stories about how when he was excited, you know, he, he worked in the car business for a long time. And so, uh, people would come in and there was always a picture of me and they're like, Oh, if they recognize me, they're like, Oh my God, you have a picture of James or days. Like, yeah, it's my son. And they would never believe him. And so he would always have to like pull up the Wikipedia page or the IMDB page to show that, you know, mm. cause my name is out there. You just have to sort of, you have to Google to find it. And when I heard, the, when I heard some of those stories, I was like, Oh man, I can't, what a, I can't believe this no father should have to do that. <laughs> and so, uh, and so I think finding out meant a lot to him, but also seeing the credit on, on the psych movie, this, this second psych movie, seeing, you know, his name, uh, for the first time in 20 something years, uh, I think it meant a lot to him. That's some, I, I love it. You know, it's funny. Cause I remember being in New York, living in a one bedroom with four guys and, uh, I was like, Rosenbaum, <laughs> Michael Rosenbaum. <laughs> no one's going to hire me. Uh, do we want to see Michael Rosenbaum in this role? <laughs> what? No, we want to see Ted Greiger. <laughs> that just came out of me. So I thought, what do you think? My middle name's Owen. Michael Owen. Owen Michael. <laughs> Michael Rose. Michael Rose Owens. And then just my buddy goes, dude, don't be a fuckwad. Keep your fucking name. Look at Schwarzenegger. Fuck off. Streisand. And I go, oh, okay. And that was it. My friend Matt <laughs> Ballard. Keep your fucking name. Don't be a douchebag. And I go, all right. That was it. I listened to him. Because I was Strong. thinking about it. All right, we're, 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 we're really close. Yeah, but you know, you know what I will say, though, is I, I, like, I applaud all day in, in, making, in making the choice. Because, I mean, there is, we don't always realize the domino effect. We don't, we don't always realize the ripple effect that we have. Mm -hmm. And there's so many people who are fans of 
James Roday, who loves the work he's done over the years, so many, even, even in the psych world, that I think seeing, seeing, just seeing Rodriguez will have a, will tear down some mental barriers that people have in their mind. I love that guy. And his name is James Roday Rodriguez. I Tears love that. So many barriers that we don't even realize that the that's profound. That yeah, have, I agree. You know? that, yeah, that's true. And they see that. It's also a respect thing. I think it's, I think it's a beautiful thing. In fact, I'm actually thinking now changing my name to Michael Rosenbaum Jew. <laughs> I, I, With the hyphen? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe yeah. Hi- Rosenbaum <laughs> Jew. Yeah. So it's like yeah, hyphenated. I think that's gonna really work. Uh, I know you hate this because when, when we text and I and I do a voicemail and I sing something, James immediately responds with the, with who sang it and what it is, and then Dulé says, fuck off. <laughs> so I'm just going to give a few songs real quick, and you tell me who sings it. If you leave me now. I, I know the song, but I don't know who sings it. James? Oh, man. It's in that, it's, it's in that pocket of, like, uh, air like supply, Christopher uh, Cross, uh it's soft chicago it's chicago it's soft. All right. this one soft. this one's easy delay you don't have a chance i feel fine don't that would be track number one on the sunday's right. second album right there and you go I, this, I feel all right <laughs> and uh ladies and gentlemen this is how my response normally goes to this when this goes on in the, in the text chain uh i don't know what the fuck that is? <laughs> Dude, will you still please stop texting me this fucking bullshit? <laughs> That's what it is. That is it. All right, hey, a couple more. Come on. Something happened along the way. I know that song. I don't know who sings it though. We used Michael. to be, but happy we're uh, sad. Uh, Michael, Something Michael Wong. McDonald's? No. Something happened along no, the way. Along the way. Um, Hold on. Yeah. Oh, oh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yes, do it. Nice day, man. All right. Nice. Fill the belly. You are the sun. You are. You are the moon. That makes my life this foolish game. You need Lionel Richie. Yes. Oh yes. my God. Look at Dulé. Love you so. When I'm in the shower, I'm afraid to wash my hair. <laughs> <laughs> Good old we, Rocky, Rocky Rockwell. Now, we know that we know that one way too well now. Well, yes, I, yes. that parody you did killed me. <laughs> and what did you say? You said, I always feel like psych is all they see. <laughs> and it talks about your It is the funniest, most I love it. Oh, You're in the shower crazy. with your clothes on, <laughs> rubbing yourself. Yeah, because it is. Because if you zoom in on different frames of that video, it's like there's there's a whole sequence where he's wearing sweatpants in the shower because they just must have told him like, oh, we can't see your, you know, we can't see your legs. So it was like, oh, we'll just throw him in a full sweatsuit. <laughs> and, and, you know, we have to give a we have to give a shout out for that too because I don't think he got enough credit. It was uh, Steve Franks actually both oh, the lyrics? All Steve. He, oh, hit, you know, so we, funny. Rodé hit him up and and he, he just went to work and really just knocked out the the lyrics. It was he did a great job with that. And you're singing it. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. good guys. So I'm just making uh, Steve, sure. Steve sent me his like uh, his microphone, and he and his son got on like a Facetime with me and taught me how to use GarageBand. And in my in my literally in my garage, <laughs> sat there and I and I recorded this song. Ah, it's beautiful. All right, this is it. This is called Shit Talking with Rosenbaum. These are patrons of mine, um, and they're just asking questions. Rapid fire, so you can just nail it. I didn't even read these yet, so. Wendy Feldblum. 
Better keep your name, Wendy. James, did you get to make up any of the nicknames for Dulé's character, Gus, or were they all scripted? Both, but I made up plenty. Jamie Crawford, what is your favorite nickname for Gus throughout the series? I always say Lavender Gooms, because Gooms. I would say Gus Silly Pants Jackson, because it was the first, you know what I mean? It was the spark that started the fire. That's right. <laughs> Nico, what's your favorite 90s jam, both of you? Oh. It's, it's probably the closest thing to a jam that they ever did. But since we're on topic, and I know you're a fellow Sundays lover, uh, I'll say Summertime, because it's a pretty good song to put on in the summer. What and, a beautiful uh, song. And that was 97, I think, so that counts. And it's you oh, wow. and me. Kimberly Garcia, do you ever catch yourself being like Sean and Gus together? Oh, yeah. yeah. Luckily, we have ladies to keep us in check. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm reading this, but Emily Sudol wants to know, would you rather live the rest of your life with silent but uncontrollable gas or loud, uncomfortable sneezing? Wow, that's that's dark on either side. <laughs> I guess I would say... Uh, gas. I'd shit gas. it up. No one's going to know it's gas. me. God, what's that smell? But apparently, people would start to go, did you always it's smell? You. It's you. You, you always you smell. Always but, you know, smell. Here's the thing. Sometimes, though, like, you know, when, you, when you just, you're by yourself and you have gas, it doesn't, it doesn't smell as bad as... It's kind of like a stinky aroma to yourself. So Plus, there you could make moves. You could put pillows over yourself. You could always be under a heavy blanket. Like you could try to take other people you know, into consideration. You could, you could always go jogging. You could always be running in life. You could really just right. literally run through life. You could front a patente that shirt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brent Meredith, where did the different catchphrases come from? Come on, son. I've heard it both ways. Oh. Come on, son. Is uh, Ed Lover? That's Ed not Lover. even. That's not ours. We just co-opted it. it it literally was me being in the trailer watching ed, ed do his uh his come on son series on our youtube and i called real day into the trailer because i was laughing so much and then we had to go shoot and we went to set and we did it and i actually gave a shout out to, to ed lover and it started from there yeah uh come on, son. dave plavi do you appear at conventions would love to have you as guests once that gets going yeah i, I think it's gonna be quite a while before I mean, we've only been to like I think one maybe. Yeah, we did uh, one together. But I think it's gonna be quite a while before you see us showing up at a at a convention, especially in this in this time and beyond. I'm like, I'm not really trying to be in a room for yeah. thousand people like that. That's gonna be a while, <laughs> dude. You guys are. I, I love talking to you. I hate that we don't we don't. Uh, I mean, we, we we all have our lives, but look, man, I love talking. I appreciate you taking the time. It's always fun and easy. And thanks for opening up. And uh, I might bug you about getting Tim on because I don't have his connection. Maybe one of you talk to him. I'll, oh, yeah. I will uh, send it to you as soon as we leave this room. You hear that, guys? Pretty cool. It's going to happen. Dude, I love you both. I wish you all the health and happiness. Thank you again, and you I'll too, be bro, in touch. Yeah. Just send Stay me a... Stay safe, Rosie. All right. I love you. Bye. Yeah, I want... You know, there's some guests you just want on every year. Yeah. You know, like there's the Zach Levi, and then there's the Dak Shepard, and then there's the uh, the Dulé, mm-hmm. James Roday, mm-hmm. Rodriguez. There's the, you know, the Jamie Lynn Sigler. There's the... Um, Stephen Amell. There's there's a lot of people that I'm like I, I, every year I got to have these guys back on. Yeah, so updates and they're a lot of fun and um, they're just really great guests to have. We got other great guests coming up. Guests that I've been really working on. So uh, you know Nathan Fillion is coming up mm-hmm. and um, really great ones towards the end of the year and then the new year we're we're trying to stack them. So uh, get your friends. Tell them to you know step up. Email thirty friends and say or a hundred friends say subscribe will you uh handles once again ryan 
at inside of you pod on twitter at inside of you podcast on instagram and facebook youtube.com slash inside of you that's right uh make sure if you want to join patreon and support the show even more go to patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash inside of you uh online store take 15 percent off anything uh, any merch uh inside code inside 15 15 off on the on inside of you online store stage it this saturday two of them i'm performing live you can just come watch it's a great it's like a big family play a lot of fun music and uh, the new album's coming out soon but go to stage.com type in michael rosenbaum and you'll see the shows for this saturday yeah i think that's it but why don't i read off the names isn't that important Usually. I think it is. Here they come. Drum roll, please. Is that your drum roll? Yeah. Nancy D, Leah S, Trisha, Sarah V, Little Lisa, Yukiko, Jill E, Brian H, Lauren G, Gatorade, Nico P, Robin S, Jerry W, Emily, Robert I, Jason W, Stephen J, Kristen K, Amelia O, Allison L, Jess J, Lucas M, Raj C, Joshua D, Emily S, CJP, Samantha M, Hamza B, Jennifer N, Jackie P, Stacey L, Carly H, Jennifer S, Janelle B, Carrie B, Tab of the 272, not to be confused with. Tab of the 273. Ashley R, Kimberly E, Crystal H, Mikey, Mikey, mm-hmm. Marissa N, Jack S, Slater's back, Ramira, Beth B, Santiago M, Sarah F, Chad W, Leanne P, Roshan, Roshan, Roshan. Ray A, Maya P, Maya P, Maya, Megan J, Maddie S, Tiffany I, Kendrick F, Ashley E, Shannon, Matt W, Belinda N, Lisa J, Kevin V, Robert S, James R, Chris H, Snow R, Anusha W, Osborne, 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 Gabby M, Dave H, Samantha S, Spider-Man Chase, Sheila E, G, Sheila G, (laughs) Ray H, Alyssa C, Jacob H, Tabitha T, Misha H, Deb A, Tom and Natalie 622, not to be confused with. Natalie 623. <laughs> Allie B, Henry S, Katie F, Daniela V, and Liliana. Liliana A, newbies. Thank you so much for listening, guys, and supporting the podcast. And again, a big shout out to Emily Sudol. Uh, who else? Jennifer um, for winning the stage it's and um, Deb Alexa for also winning. You guys are amazingly supportive, and I love getting to Zoom with you at the end of uh, Stage It. Here's a quick letter from April. Hello from Ohio. The greatest entertainers are those that can put a piece of themselves into their character and still be true to themselves. I'm working from home, and I have been longing for a piece of the normal we once had. I came across your podcast about two months ago. It brings me back to the days of the office life where we had had to -to face-to-face conversations about the issues that plague us on a day-to-day basis. Your show provides an escape from our current reality. It makes me feel better knowing that everyone is going through their own struggles and can be open about it. Can be open about it. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing a little bit of your life and time with the world. April. Very kind of you. Oods, very kind of you. Mm -hmm. There was this baseball announcer, um, Bob Murphy for the Mets, and uh, he, he had this voice like, Beautiful day for a ball game. Fans filing in off the subway ramp. This game is brought to you by Toyota. It drives like a dream, too. <laughs> and he'd say, harmless cumulus clouds lingering overhead. Fans filing in. He said, now it's honeydew season, folks. Honeydew this and honeydew that. <laughs> and my uncle met him once, my uncle Dave, and he goes, oh, Bob Murphy, you're you're my favorite announcer of all time. And Bob looked at him and goes, 
Ooh, that is so very kind of you. <laughs> I wonder if they have those voices like all the time. Hey, Han, can you get some plums? Yes, I'll get some plums. You know, I, have have you seen the show Brockmire? No, it's Hank Azaria play. He, that, that was basically the premise of the show was what happens when those uh, baseball announcers with the with the soft silky voices. What happens when they go home? I came up with that idea 20 years ago. I was always like going, that should be a show. It's that so should be funny. That's great. I got to watch that. Yeah, the opening is um, he, because uh, <laughs> he comes home and his wife is having like a sex party. And so then he goes like to the, the game the next day and he just sort of <laughs> he has too much to drink and he just exposes all, all of it like on air, like during in the middle. And then he's still calling the strikes and everything and like the voice. Well, that was like Harry Carey. Yeah. Harry Carey would do that. He'd go, he'd be drunk by the fifth inning and he'd be like, you ever open up a box of Cracker Jack, Steve? There's a ground ball to say over to Durham for the out. It's got to be the most asinine thing in the world to open up a box of Cracker Jacks. That's a fly ball back to left caught by uh, Dunstan. You know, and to open up a box and there's no prize inside. That has got, there's a high fly to right field. Back goes Henderson. It's gone. You know, and he would just so did. Good. <laughs> so good. I love it. I love it. And I love you guys. So thank you for listening. Continue to do so. Thank you, Westwood One. Thank you, Ryan, my amazing editor and engineer. I love him very much. Thank you, Bryce. I love you very much. You're you're a, you're a mensch. You guys help the show incredibly. I'm lucky to have you guys, and I'm lucky to have everybody listening and sponsoring us and and supporting us. And I you're just trying to take it day by day. I'm like, hey, we have a lot of sponsors today, and I'm like, this is good. You know, uh, you guys are with me those days when we had zero sponsors for quite a while or one or one and one and zero and one. And um, it's it's nice. I just, uh, you know, me, I'm neurotic. I'm like, but what about if it slows down? Of course, it's going to slow down. There's, you know, ups and downs, peaks and valleys. But, you know, right now I'm going to live in the moment. And just say, hey, it's nice to, you know, have people supporting the show Westwood One. It's nice to have you guys listening and hopefully you'll continue and spread spread the word uh i love you all thank you for listening and thanking uh what thank you for allowing <laughs> to be inside of each and every one of you wave ryan night gracie welcome to talkville the ultimate smallville rewatch podcast guest star sarah carter as alicia baker although i didn't really work with her a lot but tom did and they had some real big smoochy scenes yeah can we talk about that could there be any more sex what was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going good lord we get it they have chemistry jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of talkville on youtube or wherever you listen